Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Par 71. I am Matt Lasser, your host, um, and this is presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Once again, welcome to episode, I want to say five, I believe. Wow, it's already been five weeks. And we are at one of my favorite weeks of the year, just because I'm a little biased, but it's Byron Nelson week leading up. Uh, when this is posted, it'll, the Byron Nelson would have already started or will be starting now. As you can see right here, we got the occasion with the little koozie, right, right? little koozie and the hat that I showed you guys last week or well actually there was no video last week sorry technical difficulties um it's on me but now you can see everything I was talking about out here uh yeah we got the Byron Nelson hat Byron Nelson koozie and we're ready for this week but before we get into that obviously we need to preview the we're not preview recap the Wells Fargo championship and then after we preview the Byron Nelson we're going to do more of a PGA championship preview because Next time, because when you're when it comes to next week, the PGA Championship will be starting when the podcast gets posted. So we're gonna do a lot of preview right now, and we give you some picks now. So we're gonna do mainly preview next week as well. So the bulk of this week and next week's podcast will be the PGA Championship, obviously major, and it's the biggest event we have coming up. Well, like I said, this week's one of my favorite weeks. I will be at the Byron Nelson either Saturday or Sunday. I'm not really sure yet. It is close to me, like. 10, 15, probably 15 minutes away from me to go, so there's really no reason not to. Uh, I normally go every year, so I'm excited to go back. Um, I've never been to it at TPC Craig Ranch yet. I've never played TPC Craig Ranch either. I've had many opportunities, but never done it. I've played all the other two courses that uh, the Byron Nelson was at, Trinity Forest and TPC Four Seasons, but not Craig Ranch. That's one on my list. I need to figure out how to get out there. Um, anyway, for the Wells Fargo Championship this week, um, my picks didn't do bad. One was looking really good. I mean, I mainly said Roy McIlroy and Jason Day. Jason Day, this was really the story of, to me, this was the story of this week. Jason Day was back for two rounds. Uh, the third round started falling apart now. Granted, it was really tough conditions out there, uh, in Potomac, Maryland this week. It was rainy and cold and windy. It was really tough to play. Really tough. And Max Homa, the winner, Max Homa, who won again. I did not realize he'd won the Wells Fargo. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. I think it was the year before or something. I didn't have not realized he had won the Wells Fargo before. If I knew that, he would have been in my picks. But obviously, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. But again, I, I do like Max Homer. It was a big win for him. So what actually happened was, to get back to Jason Day, and my biggest story of the week, is that he was back. It was good to see him finally playing well. It was the first time in years that we'd really seen him playing well, or as well as he was playing. And, I mean, he's coming off the death of his mom and everything like that. So he's had a little rough patch for himself personally. Not really golf-wise, but I think it's kind of bled into the golf game a little bit. Um... Like I said, but he was 10 under after the first two rounds with a three-stroke lead. Max Homa was there at second at seven under at the time. And the third round just absolutely killed him. I think he shot... Double-check this. So he ended up at one under. So he shot 79 and then even on the final day. So if he doesn't shoot 79, which is... Looking at it, might be the worst score in the field for the week. Let's see. Ten 
10 things come up from the 80. So no, one person, one person, I'm seeing a few 84s, people who missed the cut shot worse, but that is the highest score, the highest score in the week was an 84, and, but all those people didn't make the cut, so he's the only one to shoot above, to shoot that high at 79, the highest score in the week, now here's Kevin Chappell also shot 79 in the fourth round, or in the third round, and so did Taylor Moore, but he was in first place and then shot a 79. One of the highest scores on the week. 79. Again. Again. It. And the worst part was he was 5 over through 5. And like all of a sudden. So like Max Coma's coming down in the third round on moving day. He's coming down. Coming in. Playing with Jason Day and Luke List in the final group. Because they did. Instead of uh, two pairing. Instead of uh, pairs. They did triples. Triple pairings just because to try to get everyone out quickly because of the rain and how it was, which they actually did. Credit to the Wells Fargo Championship, they did a very, very good job, very good job of dealing with the rain. Um, like when I was at the players a few months ago, now at this point, right, almost two months ago, um, they had to do Monday. They were still able to keep it on Sunday. They were able to keep everything on schedule, and. Look, it turned out to end to actually be on time because I mean, right around now when the majors coming up, you don't want to get these players playing extra time. Like they don't, and they don't want to. It's tiring for them, and they have to pull out of tournaments like the Byron Nelson and all that. Like it, it just gets tiring, right? This is their this point in the year you're at where most players are playing week in, week out, and that's a lot of traveling. And you don't really get a break until after the last major, which is the Open Championship in July. So you don't really get much of a break until then. Maybe a week here, a week there. But you don't get that all that much. So it's good to see. So it's like, I don't know what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> but it's just, oh, yeah. They don't want to have to stay extra places for extra time. It just doesn't make sense, and it just hurts their body. And it's, they're not, then they're not ready to play more, right? So they need that play. Like, they can't be playing extra days is what I'm trying to say. But Max Homa still did well, shot... 71 on round three, which is one of the better rounds. Let's see, I'm looking. It looks like. It looks like in round three with the tough conditions. Again, you saw the leader at the, when we're going into it shot a 79. It looks like the lowest score. Oh, sorry. Max Homer shot a 71. The lowest score on that day was a 67 by Keegan Bradley, who also had a chance to win this tournament coming down the stretch. He just shot plus two on the final day, which kind of killed him. And if you look, I mean, he was only down by two strokes, right? So Max Homa won by two strokes, and you had three people tied for second. So Max Homa at eight under, Fitzpatrick at six, Young at six, Keegan Bradley at six, and then he had Rory there at four in the top, just squeaking in the top five. Now, to transition that, Rory was also one of my picks for this week. So again, my picks this year so far since the start have not looked bad. The worst one was last week. Other than that, my picks have been dead on. The only one I missed on was the Mexico Open. Other than that, my picks have been top 10, top 5 easy. Like, let's go. Now, Jason Day didn't finish top 5, top 10, but he was up there and he was looking good. Again, it's hard to predict golf. That's why I don't like to really publicize my picks too much like you see other podcasts at Tunnel Vision do. Like the baseball one, he comes out with daily picks every day. Uh, yeah, golf, that just my record would be atrocious if we actually kept track of that. So, I mean, we could do top 5s or something. If you guys want to see that, let me know, but... Picks in golf are just hard. I'll always give you my players to watch. I will give you my picks, but 
just not it's not really a good thing to keep a record of golf picks because the record is always going to be bad no matter what you have like a what a one in 150 chance of actually getting it right and that's with an educated guess to maybe take that down a little but like it still golf picks are hard um really hard so again it was a good tournament max homa took it home i personally really like max homa some people don't but ever since to for me ever since he started working and doing stuff with barstool i have thought he's one of the coolest guys on tour really fun it's it really helps grow the game right when you have a cool young person who's winning um not someone boring or someone who appeals to the old crowd what's good for the game is when these younger people start winning because then you see other younger people try to try to like start drawing to the sport start playing more golf and that's what max homa does I think Max Homa has a lot of that sense of humor. He's active on social media. He's active on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And I think it's very good for the sport that he wins. And obviously did here. Do I think he'll he'll make a run at it the PGA? Uh, I don't really think so. I, I think Scotty Scheffler's got a good shot at the PGA to win again. But other than that, we don't really know. Uh, so, the Wells Fargo Championship. Let's see. Is there anything else? To come from here, let's look at let's dive into let's dive into some stats for Max Homa, the winner. So the longest driver on the week was not Max Homa; it was Matthew Wolf with three hundred fourteen point eight yards. The longest driver, long yeah, the longest the average driving distance. Driving accuracy was Ryan Armour with eighty seven point five percent. The longest drive was Adam Schnick Schnick with I think it's Schnick. With 429 yards, green and regulation. Rory with the irons at 77.8% greens and regulation. Stuart Sink actually had 22 birdies, which led the field. And, I mean, you should remember Stuart Sink from. He made a hole-in-one at the Masters earlier uh, this year on, I want to say it was 16. Yeah, it was 16 at Augusta. He made the he made a hole-in-one, so that's his name popping up. Hey, don't be surprised if he wins something soon. He's kind of popping up a lot, like a... Not a lot, but like in little, little stats, and he's just, he's still sitting there. So don't be surprised if Stuart Sink does anything, or does something anytime soon. I'm not saying win a major or anything. I'm saying top 10, top 5s, maybe win a tournament. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, so, again, Max Homa stats. We just went over the leaders for the week. Max Homa's average driving distance was 291, which isn't far off. I mean, it's, in golf-wise, it still is pretty far off of the 314 average, but still 291. Uh, green regulation was 61, or sorry, 63.89%. So strokes gained total this week. On the so total was 7.5 strokes gains putting, which is amazing. His putting really was safe. Now the first round, first round he looked, he had 0.5. Second round 4.3. So the second rounds will really help him there. Third round, tough conditions, 1.024. And the last round, 2.5. With for a total of 7.5 strokes gained putting this week. So that last round, you can see the difference for Max Holman was putting. Because everything else is, if not, is if is around average, if not below, right? So like you see his weekly driving accuracy, this was 71.43%. So he hit 71% of fairways about. And like again, all these stats aren't, super out there like for the most part they're average the best one was putting like let's go for example so his strokes gained average of the fourth round was 2.5 what was rory at rory shot one of the better rounds in the day round four and his his strokes gained was only 0.36 keegan bradley in second for round four his strokes gained putting was 0.32 
0.8. Cameron Young, his strokes gained putting was actually negative 0.049. Matthew Fitzpatrick, strokes gained putting was 3.809. So the only person in this top five that beat him, strokes gained putting was Matthew Fitzpatrick. But you can clearly see like that was the difference for him because everything else is around the same. Nothing else really sticks out. Nothing pops out to average, if not below average, for all the other stat categories, right? So, like, you don't really, you can tell that the difference was putting. Not even close, right? So, Max Homa, again, great win for him. It's his second Wells Fargo championship. Let's see, what number, let's see what number he has on, that might have been his second win. He might have only won PGA, or Wells Fargo championships. No, so that's his second win of the year, actually. He won the, the Fortnite I don't want to say Fortnite. He won another championship of the year. Got top 10 at the Genesis. He has four career wins. So that was his fourth career win. It propelled him to 29th in the world rankings and 6th in the FedEx Cup rankings. He's looking pretty good. He's having a very good season again. Second win of the year. Max Home was someone to watch for. I don't think he'll contend for a major. I mean, literally just this year he made his first ever cut at the Masters. So he's having a career year for him. He's doubled his win totals. He finally made the cut the Masters. So he could contend for a major. I just don't think he'll win, personally. Um, I don't think he's really ever been in that spot. And most people who haven't been in that spot crumble under the pressure. Now, again, Scotty Scheffler had never been in that spot, really. Well, he, he's done well, but he's never really been in that spot that he was. And he did pretty well, obviously, until the four putt on 18. But we don't talk about that. And it's just... He... Still, I don't think he'll win a major. But you could see him contending this week if he keeps in form. Um... Or in the PGA, if he keeps in form. Again, we're going up to that point where it's this is all about the majors now, right? It's all about who can get their game to the point where it's peaking on a week of a major. Because you can peak on any random week and be playing really good, but it's about keeping that play going. And now we are going to transition over to the Byron Nelson. So let's see who can keep that play going. Yeah, so the Byron Nelson. Let's look at who's in the field this week. And like I said, I will be at the Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch either Saturday or Sunday. I'm not really sure which yet. Um, I do know, so this is the biggest headline coming in. The favorite is that, sorry, and the favorite is Scotty Scheffler. It's his first individual start ever since the Masters. I don't really like to count the Zurich because it's not really, I don't know, I don't really think you can judge players off the Zurich all that well, but you got a strong field this week. You got Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth playing in his hometown as well as Scotty Scheffler. Um, who else did you see? Jason Day again. Maybe he can come back and form. Sam Burns, who's been playing well. Jonas Blix, Florida State guy. Um, Wesley Bryan. I know he was playing in the Monday qualifier. I guess he qualified yesterday. Oh, I forgot to say. This episode is being recorded on Tuesday, May 10th. So if anything that happens after this will not be on this, obviously, because it's being recorded on Tuesday. Uh, Cameron Champ, uh, Luke Donald, an old guy. Uh, Jason Duffner, someone who hasn't really done much in a while, but still a pretty big name on tour. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Miliano Grillo. Lee Hodges, Charlie Hoffman, Tom ha- Hoge, Hoagie, Charles Howell III, Bo Hostler's back. 
Let's see. Any big Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar, Mark Leishman, Luke List, who was do who did, played really pretty well last week. Francisco Molinari. Um, I mean, you got a stacked. I mean, a stacked field this week. Cause just because everyone's getting ready to go into the PGA Championship the week after. I mean, literally, Adam Scott. I already said Jordan Spieth. You know, you just just looking at this field, scrolling through it. Jonathan Vegas, Matthew Wolf, Will Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris, also a Dallas guy. That is a sleeper pick for this week at TPC Craig Ranch. He's still searching for that first PGA Tour win, and I think he's got a pretty good shot this week. Again, but an absolutely stacked, stacked field. TPC, I mean, you got Pat Perez in there. You got everyone. You got a great, great, great field this week from mid-range tournament. Nothing like major. Again, because everyone's prepping for the PGA Championship next week, which is only four-hour drive away from Dallas and Tulsa. So you got, as expected, a strong field in McKinney at TPC Sawg- at TPC Sawgrass. What am I saying? TPC Craig Ranch. It should be a great great tournament. Now, Jason Day, his first ever victory was at the Byron Nelson. Now, great story that I have is when I went to the Byron Nelson a few years ago when I was in high school, it was still at TBC Four Seasons, and Jason Day was charging, I think Sergio Garcia won that year, I want to say, and uh, he was charging, and we literally walked up because we are going to meet him because he was close, to, he was either number one in the world at the time, or close to being number one in the world, and you know, in his prime, the prime Jason Daytime, and we walk up to the whole, I want to say it was 15 or 16 of TPC Four Seasons in Irving, and we walked up, and he immediately chips in and tie the lead. It was the most electric, one of the most electric things, second to, probably second to anything that happened on 17 when I sat there, especially Shane Lowry's hole in one when I was there, but it was one of the most electric golf moments I've ever seen or like I've been to. That was really cool. I really like Jason Day again. He started playing well last week. We talked about it a little bit. He started playing well last week and he kind of fell off. He had a good second or third round or fourth round, sorry. Bad third round. The only thing that hurt him was the third round. He shot nine over and he was five over through five. Like that's going to hurt you no matter what. And that's hard to come back from. And blowing a three stroke lead like he had is just kind of, I mean, that's demoralizing, right? It's just hard to come back from, but I do think that if he goes, if he plays like he played in those first two rounds, he will have a big, good chance to win the Byron Nelson once again, but also different course. Again, the Byron Nelson has changed courses over the past five years twice. It was at TPC Four Seasons, and then Trinity Forest in Dallas, and then it was at TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, which they have a five-year contract, which is this, this is the second year up. Last year was the first year it was at Craig Ranch. Um, obviously, I didn't go last year just because of restrictions of attendance due to COVID. Tickets were hard to get last year. But this year, back at full force, I will be there. And I am more than excited. More than excited. I am pumped. Big sports weekend for me. Just to go through a little personally. Um, oh, wow. Taylor Gooch is also in the field. Like, literally, just looking down this field, I missed probably 10. Bill Haas. Like, just looking. Again, so back to what I was saying, like, Personally, for me, I got a big weekend this weekend. If you didn't know, I'm a huge Red Sox fan, so I'll be at the Red Sox-Ranger game because they're in town. 
on Friday, and then Saturday or Sunday will be the Byron Nelson. So this is a fun weekend for me sports-wise, and I'm excited for all of it. We'll be through all of it. I'll be posting from the at the Byron Nelson from the Par 71 Instagram. Go follow that. Uh, and again, start DMing me. DM me questions. I want to get more fan involvement in this. I haven't been too much. I've also been a little lazy with the Instagram. I'll admit that. I've been busy lately, so I need to get going on that more. But still, like we're looking at we still. I want some fan engagement. Please send me your questions. Send me who you think will win. I will send me some funny videos we can look over. Anything like that. Literally anything. It. Whatever you want. Like I just want to make this more fan involved. Most the most fan involved as it can be. But again, the Byron Nelson this week is going to be an amazing tournament. It will, might be. It's the best field we've seen since the Masters. First time Scotty Scheffler is making his. Uh, individual, an individual start since he won the Masters. Here I'll go. I'll list off who the leading, the odds are. Scotty Scheffler uh, is favored. Then you have Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Dustin Johnson, another name I forgot to say in a stacked field. Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Will Zalatoris, Matsuyama, Brooks Kepka, another name I skipped over. Just again, such a stacked field. I can't believe I missed Brooks Kepka. I normally don't miss an FSU guy. Sorry. But it's just Brooks Kepka. I can't believe I missed that. And then Jaquan Newman after that. I honestly, I really like Zalatoris or Scheffler this week. Or maybe Sam Burns. He's a Texas guy too. But I really like Scheffler. Sheff, I'll skip my big picks for this week. My Again, you can watch anybody. There's so many people playing this week that you can literally watch anybody and still watch a great round whoever if you're going or if you're watching featured groups whatever you could watch any of them and it'll still probably be great just by how stacked this field is and i'm excited to go because the only tournament i've been with this stack to the players and ever since they moved pga championship to may normally the byron nelson's not before it so he doesn't have a stacked field but now it's the week before just because proximity to the course in tulsa it just i'm excited i'm i'll be completely honest i'm really excited to report back to you guys too um, so, but I do really like, I like Will Zalatoris, Sam Burns, and Justin Thomas this week. Those are my players to watch this week. Those are who I think have the best chance to win this week. Honestly, you always throw Jordan Spieth in there because they, so Jordan Spieth is from Dallas. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is too, but they've been, ever since Jordan won his first Masters, they've been marketing this tournament off of Jordan Spieth. I mean, like his face is everywhere. Like you can literally see if you're watching the video, it's bobblehead right here. That's him playing at the Byron Nelson, um, from let me see, try to read it. 2016, like it, it his almost like his tournament. He just like bar- doesn't host it, but he's AT&T sponsored. And it's the AT&T Byron Nelson. It's in Dallas. Like this is Jordan Spieth's backyard hometown tournament, uh, and it's Scotty Scheffler's as well. So like it that could start changing maybe. I don't know. It'd be, that's kind of interesting. I'm interesting to see in the future if Scotty Scheffler starts becoming more the face of that tournament. Right now, it's very clearly Jordan Spieth. Let me tell you, but again. Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, Will Zalatoris. Obviously, I have to throw Scotty Scheffler in there. It would be great to see him win. That would be amazing. I wouldn't... Like, it was, again, this is his first individual start, and he'd already had that streak going beforehand, um, before the Masters. So we haven't seen a whole bunch of them. But I also wouldn't be surprised if you saw a little bit of a Masters hangover. Like, he could have been celebrating a lot. You don't know, really. So we'll see when it comes down to it, but TPC Craig Ranch, great course. Probably, of course, you guys really haven't seen that much because it's only been on TV once. Um, 
Again, of course, I want to play. I've had the chance to and never taken up, got, never actually done it. Um, so I'm excited for this week. Really excited. The Byron Nelson, like I said, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year because I get to actually go. And then I might get to go to the Colonial, too, the week after the PGA Championship in Fort Worth. As you can see, if, if it's in the frame, I got a Colonial hat right there, um, which I also normally go to. So we'll see. Um, again, great stuff for the coming this week. The Byron Nelson is going to be fun to watch. It'll probably be one of the... the best tournament to watch that we've had since the Masters, and then it will, of course, be one up next week by the PGA Championship. But again, watch the Byron Nelson. It'll be fun. I will be there. Look for me on TV. Um, I always have a knack of finding the cameras um, other than the one I've set up for this podcast. But yeah. All right, and now what we're going to do for the rest of this, what are we, 20, 25 minutes in? For the rest of this, for next, well, actually, before we get into quick preview, and I'm going to give my quick picks. We'll do a bigger preview next week for the PGA Championship, but and I actually have a, I'll try to record it, I have a conference call with Golf Channel about it, like a press conference call on Thursday this week, so when this comes out I'll be, a, when this comes out I'll probably be on that call. Um, yeah, so I got a press conference call about the PGA Championship on Thursday, and I'll be able to get you an even more intense preview after that next week. So be on the lookout for that next week. Uh, watch. I mean, you'll probably start watching the PGA Championship, but there won't be much when it comes out. So it, again, so I'll give you my quick picks. But before that, I want to go over something that Sergio Garcia said at after he hit a bad shot this week. Let me just look up. I don't know if he's confirmed, but he basically commented on a live tour after he hit a bad shot. Um, he hit a bad shot, and he said, I can't wait to leave this tour. And it was just... So I guess that tells you that Sergio is another one of the top golfers who are going to the Live Tour. I mean, I think what the the problem is, so the reason isn't, a lot of players are choosing money as the reason to go, and I don't think that was the point overall. I think that's the drawing factor for a lot of players because it's just so much more money, and it's like guaranteed money because there, there's no cuts, right? And if you miss a cut, for, for people who don't know this, if you miss a cut at the PGA Tour, you're not making any money. You have to make the cut to make money. And obviously, there's our job. So it's just like, if anyone, if you get offered more money to go to a job, you're taking that, right? So it's just like anyone else going for that. And Sergio hit a bad shot and just goes, I can't wait to leave this tour or something like that. I can't wait to go on the well, Something like that. Something along those lines. Um, I think this is just too much controversy for live versus PGA Tour. Because if you look at it, from a legal standpoint, not even a legal standpoint, but just look at it, golfers are considered private contractors, right? And the PGA Tour, yes, is the main tour that you want to be on, but they're allowed to play whatever events they want as long as they have a card and they're able to play in those events. So, I mean, like, the P- all the majors, none of the majors are run by the PGA Tour. The Masters is run by Augusta National. The PGA Championship is run by the PGA, which is not the PGA Tour. They are separate entities. A lot of people get confused by that. They are separate. Um... PGA is run by the PGA Tour, the USA, US Open is run by the USGA, and the British Open is run by the RNA. So none of those are run by PGA Tour to begin with, and I mean, yes, there's still PGA Tour events because they're majors, but none of those are actually run physically by the PGA Tour. The only tournament like it, close to a major, they have is the Players, which is considered the fifth major, the unofficial fifth major, and that's the biggest tournament that they run, right? Which it should be a major. You should have a major tournament run by each major golf company, and they should be that fifth one. They're always left out because everyone watches them on a weekly basis anyway. 
But yeah, it's that is the right. They're private contractors. You see players go and play on European tour events. PJ tours, no problem with that. Why can't they go play and live live golf tour events? It's more money for the players. It's honestly. Personally, I really like the concept of Live Golf. And I know we've already talked about this. And I know I didn't really want to. But the more and more I hear about it, the more and more I like it. Like, I like to think of it as Formula One, right? Formula One is individual, but you have team points, right? Like, if the guy who's Ferrari wins a race, that goes towards Ferrari's team points for the year. And that's what basically this Live Golf is, is that you play individually. There is an individual champion for each tournament, which I believe is six or eight tournaments. But in the end, it all goes towards team points. And it's trying to be more team-focused. So these us fans, right, we don't have a team to root for in golf. We root for a few guys, and everyone really roots for the same guys, right? You got Jordan Spieth, Tiger, whatever. For the most part, everyone roots for the same guys. No one's, like, hating someone so much. Like, that doesn't really happen in golf, but you've seen everything else. But with this team aspect, you could get that. You could finally get these rivalries, these team stuff that we don't see, right? That's not something we get in our sport. That is, you get in every other sport, but you don't really get it in golf. You don't really get it in tennis. You don't really get, like, you don't get it in these individual sports, and it's kind of starting to bring that, right? It's like, if I'm a Ferrari F1 fan, I might hate Mercedes. I don't know. I don't know enough about F1 to say if that's a rivalry or not. That's just an out-there example. But, I mean, if there's teams like that, I could hate a team and love another. And that's something that we have never had in golf, and I'm kind of excited to see it. Very excited to see it, honestly, and it should be fun. Like, we'll see what happens. I think the first event's in London. Let me look this up again. I've looked it up before on the podcast, but I just don't really remember. Let's see. Oh, here's something. This actually came 32 minutes ago from ESPN. That's actually very interesting. PGA Tour denies permission or denies releases for players looking to compete in the inaugural live event in London next month, according to Memo. Let's see. Let's see if we can find this memo. This is interesting. It's the first time we've gotten to break news on the podcast. Let's see. Let's search Let's search on Twitter. This is, this is what, if you don't see breaking news and go straight to Twitter, I don't know what you do anymore. I'm not going to anything else. Um... So, I mean, what do you want? Uh, let's see. PGH. Let's search Live Tour. Again, this is something you'll know about when this comes out, but it's kind of cool. I, this is like breaking. This just came out less than an hour ago. Let's see, latest. PGA Tour denies. PGA Tour denies. Where's the memo? I'm trying to see the memo. If anyone can find the memo for me, that would be great. And also it's saying that live golf CEO Greg Norman was willing to challenge in court. Just for the reason, like I said, they are... Okay, I can't find the memo. Alright, but breaking news, literally less than an hour ago, or about an hour ago, less than an hour ago, whatever, PJ Tour denied releases for all players to play in live golf tour. So this is where this is going to get interesting, and it's going to get legal to where... Because the PJ Tour really can't do that in general. Uh, it has no connection there towards nothing. It's not interfering with any majors. It's not interfering with any big tournaments. There's no reason why players shouldn't be allowed to play in this tournament. Uh, yeah, so that's all I'm going to say on that, I guess, because there's nothing really there. I know Greg Norman is willing to 
push legal charges. I'm still just trying to find this memo. It says according to memo, but where's the memo? Let's see, an hour ago, on Golf Digest. We have notified those, okay, I guess this is the memo. We have notified those who have applied that their request has been declined in accordance with the PGA Tour tournament regulations. As such, tour members are not authorized to participate in the Saudi Golf League's London event under our regulations. PGA Tour Senior Vice President Tyler Dennis wrote to players in the memo, As a member organization, we believe this decision is the best interest of the PGA Tour and its players. This is going to get interesting. It's again. There's not much to say on it right now. Right now, they just denied play. Again, this was less than an hour ago. So this probably probably came out the second I started recording, or right before. So I didn't see it, and I'm glad I started looked at my computer because that's very interesting. This is this is gonna be a legal battle now because Greg Norman already said Greg Norman's the CEO, commissioner, whatever you want to call it, of the Live Golf Tour. And Greg Norman's a long was a long time PGA Tour player was one of the greats on the tour for a while. Um, you've probably seen all the shark stuff all over from us that he does. He has shirts, everything. Um, big brand, Greg Norman. Uh, and he said they're willing to go into a legal battle with PGA Tour over this, which I honestly look at it, I think they, I think Liv would win. I think t- players should be allowed to play. There's nothing that really should stop them. Um, yeah. So that's all I'm going to say on that. As it develops, maybe next week we'll talk a lot more about it. That's great. That's the first time we've had breaking news ever come out while I'm recording. That is fun. That's cool. Now you got to see my instant reaction. So, And if anyone can actually find the physical memo for me and send that to me, that would be amazing because I cannot find it for the life of me. I just want to see the actual memo and read off the actual memo, but I guess not. I guess that's not what the world wants. And just like the PGA Tour doesn't want players to play on live. Whatever. Um, so we're just going to start wrapping things up now. Uh, I'm going to give you my quick picks for the PGA Championship. Now, this one, I do not, I want to address Tiger. Phil, again, Phil is still mute, doesn't know whether or not he's going to play, but they're both on the list of players who are playing. We'd love to see Phil come back. I don't think Phil would win. I don't think Tiger would win. But I think the interesting part of Tiger is, again, like I said last week, he was out scouting with the head pro. So he did win. The last PGA Championship at Southern Hills was in 2007, I believe. Yeah, 2007. And Tiger did win that. But now the course has been renovated a few years ago. So he literally was comparing notes and getting notes from the pro, from the, like, the pro, the, the guy who sits in the pro shop, all of the good deals, the lesson at the course, like the head pro of the course, he was getting notes from him to put in. And I think that could be a huge advantage this week for a course that most, I would say almost all players on tour haven't played. Now, also, there's another rumor that Scotty Scheffler had a practice round earlier this week, and he played amazing at Southern Hills in this practice round. So with that being said, my quick picks, and we'll get into it more next week. This is more of a preview for next week's preview. The preview of the preview. All right? Preview of the preview. Par 71, Matt said, the preview of the preview. I like Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth. Again, those are my always picks. And I do, again, like I said for Byron Nelson this week, I really like Will Zalatoris. I think he's coming up. It would be great to see his first PGA Tour win be a major. That would be amazing. Uh, That would be surprising, to say the least, but I think it would be cool to see. So, again, those are my quick picks, the preview of the preview. Uh, To see the rest of it, I have a call on Thursday where I'll learn a lot, and I'll try to record some of it to get some quotes from you guys. I'm not really sure who's on the call. I haven't looked into it that much yet. But, again... 
be ready for next week. Next week's probably the biggest episode we've had so far. PJ Championship preview next week. Be ready. See you guys then. Thanks for listening.